Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Old Jack always says, what the hell? Hey gang, Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Thank you so much for your continued support. You made John Fuglesang's episode with Gone with the Wind the number one episode we've had so far. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome to all of our new listeners. Please Tell your friends, have them like the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. More importantly, subscribe to the podcast. That's what we're looking for. Subscribe to the podcast. And right now, we've got Jude Angelini, writer and host of the All Out Show on Sirius XM's Shade 45. That's Eminem's channel. Jude's doing Birdman, the Michael Keaton and Zach Galifianakis film. This is the first time I'm going to say these words. Stay tuned for our sponsor. That's right. Guys, and if you want to sponsor the show, guttingthesacredcow at hotmail.com. We can work something out. Advertise on the podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor, Fight Cards. And, of course, Jude Angelini doing Birdman. The Fight Card Game is a simple game of chance. Pick a card, and you are ready to cheer for your fighter and how they can win. It's a must-have for fight fans, but also for those who get invited to a combat sports viewing event. Pick a card and be invested in the bout. It's simple. Great for all combat sports like MMA, boxing, UFC, Bellator, or jiu-jitsu matches. Other sports have seasons, but combat sports are all year long, so you'll get plenty of use. Host your own fight night party or be the hit at a friend's party by bringing the cards along. Learn more about the cards at thefightcardgame.com or go directly to amazon.com and purchase a set for $12.99. That's thefightcardgame.com. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah, it's training right now. Yeah, that doesn't matter because we're good in the sacred cow. Hello, hello. 
Guess who? Gutting the Sacred Cow, episode 19. Here we are, Kevin Israel. Wow. And if you're from Long Island, it's 19. That's I'm a, not. That's a horrible accent, Long it Island. Is. It is. It is terrible. That, right? We're back after uh, we had two movies. Well, one now uh, and another one we had, which were huge critical acclaimed successes, was John Fugel saying, did Gone with the Wind. But we have today with us, friends, Jude Angelini from Shade 45. What's up, Jude? How you doing? What's up? And, yo, I fucking, I love Gone with the Wind. I watched that shit on ketamine, and it was fucking... <laughs> You don't love Gone with it the Wind. Was, you love ketamine. <laughs> yeah. It was really fucking... Wow. The depth, the field of depth and shit. Wow. Okay. It was three. It was 3D crazy. without glasses. I was going to say, Cat Tranquil... It really was. Cat Tranquilizers would have made that film a lot more fucking tolerable to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. Kick to the Go nuts would have made that it movie. Okay. It's uh, something special. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of getting dug with high. This is called watching, getting K, getting on K and watching films with Jude. That's your new pilot, my friend. Straight up. Jude, Straight decide, up. Jude decided to select a recent film, one that was a critical darling, but maybe not with the audience. We're going to find out. And that's Birdman, the 2014 Michael Keaton vehicle. Kevin Israel, did you see this film before you had to watch this for the podcast? I saw it in the theater. You did? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it streaming while I was in Turks and Caicos. Okay, I liked it, but after the rewatch, does it hold up? But let's get to some facts first. Kevin Israel, our favorite game. What did it do on IMDb? The old one to ten score. Uh, I bet IMDb it has like a uh, uh, an eight. Close seven point seven. All right. Rotten Tomato scores ninety one. Oh, I've just fucking said it. Yeah. Ninety one. <laughs> God damn it, Kevin. 91% for the critics. What was the audience score on Birdman, Rotten Tomatoes? 85. 77. Wow. I knew it was going to be lower. This, well, we'll see. $18 million budget made $103 million in 2014. Next section, quotes. None. Yeah, this I, film I, is not quotable at all. No, there was no You found quotes. nothing? Yeah, they, I there was nothing that really jumped out at me that was like, oh, I want to. Other than <laughs> when Edward Norton is standing naked in front of the mirror and he goes, I'm just standing here with my cock out. Yeah. <laughs> and because who, who hasn't done that? I mean, that was that was only about three hours before I came here. Jude, did you find any quotes in this film that were worth mentioning or bringing up? No, no, I really I and I got to be real with you. I didn't see the whole film because I, I walked out on it and then. <laughs> I rewatched it and turned it off around the same time. I was like, ah, this fucking thing. Oh, we're going to find out where you You went. actually, you really walked out of the movie theater? Yeah. I don't yeah, think I've ever walked out of the movie theater. I've walked out of, I think, three I've walked out of. Really? Uh-huh. I'm a Jew. I can't waste the money. Oh, are it's, you? I'm seeing the movie. Listen, I cut my losses. My old man said a bad movie never gets better, and it takes a lot for me to walk out, but I have walked. One time was to get laid. Let's be honest. I, this girl, actually, she was a Jewish broad, one of your people. Uh, blonde well, thank, one. Thank you, Kevin, for, <laughs> for sharing your beautiful Aryan cock with my people. Well, she had yes. fantastic double D tits, and yeah, she goes, let's go see madagascar and i am pro pixar fuck uh, dreamworks that shit's for the <laughs> birds and after a while of her just rubbing my dick in the theater go this film sucks and my dick needs to get sucked so let's go and go we did that was and uh, i'm trying to think the thin red line i think i walked out of too i hated that film 
the thin red line. I don't think red line would have been Jewish anyway. If it makes you feel better. What was that, Jude? The baby would have been Jewish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I always wear protection. Well, not anymore because I'm fucking oh. married. But I hear you're right. She would have. She definitely was. She was actually a, a super Jew in training. I found out. But whatever. Yeah. Those double D's were kosher. I'll tell you that. Jesus. Fuck yeah, son. Five fun facts. Number one, the actors had to keep up with Inaratu's rigorous shooting style that they had to memorize up to 15 pages of dialogue while hitting choreographed marks. 15 pages that of dialogue is, is fucking insane. And this was a dialogue-heavy movie. The yeah, film was shot yeah. in 23 days and has only 16 visible cuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, you know what, those are the movies that, because... Uh, uh, 1917 was the same way, where it felt like there were no cuts. I have not seen that yet. And it's it, there's something about that style when they, and especially when it feels like you're walking behind the actor, mm-hmm. which which Birdman does, that makes you feel like not just that you're there, but that you're almost like being rushed through it. It feels like you're like, oh my god, okay, this is going to keep happening. Like a lot of movies where there's a cut and the scene change and everything kind of resets, you feel like you have a second to be like, okay. And I digest what you just saw and then move into the next scene. This is just like, oh, we're just going to keep going. Like, we're, this isn't stopping ever. No, no. There, there are no bathroom breaks for this yeah. one. Uh, number three, Margot Robbie turned down Emma Stone's role to star in the film with Will Smith, Focus. And that's exactly what I did when Margot, Margot Robbie got topless in The Wolf of Wall Street. I focused on her beautiful tits. That was a, that was a really long way to go to talk about Margot Robbie's tits. <sighs> I mean, they're great. I don't don't disagree, but... Fun fact number four, Keaton and Norton kept a running tally on which actor made the most mistakes. Galifianakis made the least amount of mistakes. Emma Stone made the most amount of mistakes. Is that why women get 30% less? Oh, okay. We're getting canceled. Sean Penn presented the Best Director Award at the Oscars and said, quote, and the best picture goes, the best director picture goes to, who gave this son of a bitch his green card? Birdman! Jeez. He and Inaratu have been friends for a while since working on 20 or grams together, hence why the, the joking. But it's the first time that Sean Penn made a, jo- a joke that Donald Trump applauded. Wow. Just kidding. That was the last part was me. And I think it won uh, Best Picture, too. It did, and that irked me. You know why? The film I thought should have won did not, and that was Whiplash. Whiplash was another movie that I fucking was good but then i hated it because he snitches like whiplash the kid signs up like begs to be in this program and then snitches on the teacher because he doesn't like the teaching fucking the way he's being taught and then fucking is rewarded at the end conditioning people to be fucking snitches. Actually, well, hold on a second. He only snitched on him. I'm not defending the snitch part, but he snitched on him because he got cut from the final uh, band thing and we threw yeah. them when he got in the car accident. Yeah. But the teacher is an asshole. He set him up that final scene. Oh, yeah. But what the kid did, which was genius, was Shanghai it and made it a huge long drum solo where he was so fucking good that it overtook it because, remember, he gave him the wrong song to perform yeah. and he didn't have the music for it. So the, the fucking teacher set him up to fail, but the kid, you know, oh. thankfully thought his way around it and said, fuck it, I'm going to make this my own. 
and he uh, he outshined everybody. I love Whiplash. That is a re- that passes the remote test. And Jude, the remote test for me is if you're if you're flicking around on cable and the film that you you know you see comes on, you drop the remote because it's so good, like Pulp Fiction for me or Caddyshack or some shit like that. I love Whiplash. I think uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I just call him. I don't call him J.K. Simmons. He he is fantastic as the fucking drum teacher in Whiplash. I love that film. I love it. But, I dug it until he told. All right. <laughs> Uh, Safety tip: snitch. Do not snitch on Jude. Yeah, 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 Jude. <laughs> yeah. You, listen, I got your secrets to the fucking day we die, my brother. That's I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate that, fellas. Jude, the floor is yours. You chose Birdman for a reason. Now it's time for you to gut the, the sacred cow. cow. All right, so here's why I fucking hate this movie. I'm a Midwest dude, and uh, I'm out here living in Los Angeles. And I lived in New York and this is basically this movie represents like the epitome of everything I hate about both coasts. It's fucking pretentious as fuck down to like the jazz drum solo background music, the the every actor. I I feel like I just I'm watching them masturbate like they're just saying these you know, there's nothing quotable. Cause they all have fucking two minute long at monologues. Like no one talks like that. It's the writers are showing me how fucking smart they are. The actors are showing me how well they fucking act. Like I don't, it gets to the point where I just don't give a fuck about the story. It's like, yo, it, and like, we all know actors aren't the brightest motherfuckers or babies. They're, they're skin puppets. So it's just like, all right, dude. <laughs> Bunch I have some skin puppets at home, actually. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of fucking skin puppets pretending like they're smart, saying fucking, saying words that they didn't come up with. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I I made it halfway through. Like, I, I made it through fucking probably five people's monologues. And then I was like, all right, dude, this is just, this is like watching a really fucking awful play. So you and still haven't seen the whole movie? Um, no, no. Where did that's you walk out? What, did. what part did you walk out in the theater? Let's come back to that for a quick second. Sorry to cut the you second, off. The, the second rooftop scene with Ed Norton and uh, Kevin, uh, what's, his, or what's his name? Uh, Batman? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Michael Keaton's, Michael Keaton's drug, Emma, Emma Stone and uh, Ed Norton are sitting on top of the sitting on top of the the roof and they're talking again they did the truth or dare and then then they met back up on top of the roof it's it's uh it's a it's yeah it's everything i fucking hate about la it's insincere (laughs) it's fucking pretentious as fuck it's it's just the epitome of pretense. As Adam Carolla and, uh, says, this is, you're right about the actors. This is like jerking off into a ceiling fan. That's what this is, a Hollywood film that does. I completely agree with you on that aspect. But I feel like that I was think, sort of the point of it. I feel like it was supposed to make you see that side of Hollywood. Them. Well, they did a really good job of it. And then, <laughs> and then they were rewarded for, for it by a bunch of fucking self-important assholes in the Academy. That voted it best picture because 
all my actor friends loved it because they want, they would love to, they would love to jerk off like that. Like they would love to fucking say smart things like <laughs> this. They would wish they were this fucking smart and interesting. Exactly. They're not because that's why they have people write those words down from as you had so wisely said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that that's basically my main knock. And like, look, I like Ed Norton. Like, I fucking I love Michael Keaton. Like, gung ho is my shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw it recently for the first time. I was impressed by gung ho. I gotta say, I thought it was all right. I have. Seen I was it fucking ten when I saw it, so uh, I haven't rewatched it. I'm sure it doesn't hold up. It's it's funny how a lot of those movies don't hold up. Um, that's how I felt about like Better Off Dead. I fucking hated that film from day one, and I still Summer. hate it. I was like, oh, those were. Well, it. Uh, you know what? I went back and rewatched it, and I was like, this is a pile of shit. I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking awful. I was like, I cannot believe that this was my jam back in the day. But no, I liked all. Like, I liked. I liked all the actors. Um, Zach Galifianakis, I'm indifferent to. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't like I Zach like when he's actors. trying to be funny. I don't like when Zach, when he's being Zach Galifianakis, that character. But I didn't mind him yeah. in this. I thought he was he was actually something different in this. Kevin Israel, read bullet point number one that I wrote down in my notes section. Zach Galifianakis, not annoying for once. Yeah, <laughs> he was not an annoying. That asshole. was yeah. What was that? What was the fucking movie that Hangover? Jesus Christ. Everybody thought he was so funny. I was like, this is like, what's funny about having a hip, pay, hip pack and a pager? Like, that, that's not that funny. It's corny. corny. Yeah. yeah sticky he's, as he's, fuck. He's, he's mildly autistic. We get it. And he walks around with a fucking baby on him. Yeah, Mark, it's funny you say that. Mark uh, Riccadonna did The Hangover on this podcast. He took that film down because he hates it and finds it overrated, as I agree. There are moments that it's, it's, it's funny, but is it a classic? Absolutely not. But we agree again. So this I, is... I saw that one opening day, and every, me and my cousin, my cousin had come to visit me in L.A., and we, we went to go see the opening day, and everybody was laughing except for me and him, and we were just like, we just didn't get it. I'm like, I don't understand what the hubbub is about this shit. Like, I don't I don't get these jokes. I, <laughs> I get, like, I guess I don't know what the fuck funny is. Um, yeah. It's also I, funny, you made another point, which I, bullet point number two I have. This film is very reminiscent of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which I actually I like that film, but it has this has an insane amount of dialogue. But here's the thing: they speak in bullet points in this film. It's all very staccato, very back and forth, back and forth. And after a while, yeah. you're like, you're right. No one talks like that. People have a sentence or two, but then they speak in paragraphs or even tell a story. But you're right. No one talks like this. They're, they're, they're speaking, like I said, in bullet points, which which doesn't happen in real Well, the life. movie was about people making a play that I think was supposed to be stylized as a play. Right. Which is how, you, how yeah. plays, acting and plays and dialogue and plays go. Nobody speaks like they do in, in, on Broadway. No. Nobody has conversations. No, you're like totally that. right. And Glengarry Glenn Ross was an actual play that they just took and made it into a movie. Right. And it was a great film. So, Loved it. And their coffees for closers is fucking quotable. Like, they had some quotables in there. 
I wonder. I watch. I, I watch that Alec Baldwin scene probably twice a year. Oh, that scene is epic. Up. That is saved on my YouTube favorites. How fucking funny is that? Yeah, no. If you even take that scene out, it's still a great film. But man, Baldwin takes that. that the five ten minutes that he's in that that make that takes that film from like I don't know. Let's say a seven to about an eight and a half nine. Yeah, it's like Ben Affleck in, in Boiler, Boiler Room. Room. Yeah, same shit. Yep. Here's what I have for yeah, you guys I agree too. With you. Yeah. What's that? Emily. Um, no, it's Emma Stone. Tell me she does yeah. not sound exactly, and not look exactly, but kind of sounds exactly like Beverly D'Angelo with the <laughs> raspy voice and the slight overbite, but sans the fantastic tits that Beverly D'Angelo has. You hate Emma Stone. I, I don't get her. Beverly D'Angelo is so fuckable. You're damn right. She, well, don't watch her in uh, She Was an Entourage. Woof. That's, uh, that's what happens nah. when estrogen runs out empty. That's no good. But uh, Emma Stone, I don't get Emma Stone. Jude, you a fan of Emma Stone? Uh, what else is she in? Super bad. She was a, she was Super the one bad. chick that did Super bad. She was in Easy A and uh, The Help was the another s- one. The second round of Spider Man films. Those are awful. The Help, um, aka the White Guilt, yeah. <laughs> jerk off fest. The, the I'm sorry for being white movie. Yep. <laughs> Fucking yeah, uh, yeah. Emma Stone was yeah. She's fine. Like I, I don't think about her one way or another. So I. Um, sidebar shit is I did audition for, uh, when I first came out here, I came out to Los Angeles to be an actor and I auditioned for Entourage and no, no shit. I didn't, I, I read for E and didn't know that it was a comedy and <laughs> fucking read like it was a drama. And the lady was like, yo, this is a comedy. I was like, it's not funny. Oh, Jesus. And she was like, she was like. Maybe you'd be good as Turtle. So I read for Turtle's part. You've been a and, fucking uh, great Turtle. E, not so much. I, yeah, but definitely Turtle for sure. Because E, E was yeah. E was never funny. He was always getting shit on by everybody. He was, but he was Vince's boy. He was his number one. But he was never funny. Like you laugh, you love drama. You like Turtle. Vince was milk right. toast too. But drama was the comedic force in that fuck. Oh, of course, Ari Gold too. Ari Gold, Ari yeah, Gold, Ari and fucking shit. and uh, and uh, um, uh, drama were the top two yeah. laugh getters. Well, in he that was thing. just supposed to be the vanilla character who was the eyes of the audience. You were well, kind yeah. of seeing everything through his eyes, right? Well, that's so funny. I actually, I actually saw that. I when I like read, I read a few times for the part, and I actually saw. I like, I got to meet the real turtle. And um, oh yeah, he was yeah he was like just kind of like this fat piece of shit fucking <laughs> southy dude. Did he have the accent? Yeah, he's like fucking ginger with a with the with a football jersey on, you know, walking around <laughs> super like kind of like he was a shit, which he was, you know, like yo, you got a part, you got a you, you got a part written after you, you know, feel, yeah. you got to feel pretty good about that. But yeah, I remember meeting a real fucking turtle. I'm sure the real turtle I, I, right now is still back in Southie ripping off Mercedes uh, <laughs> emblems off the hood of cars and shit. Yeah, I see the real Cheddar Bob when I go back to Detroit. You know what I mean? Cheddar uh, Bob, Bob oh, man. oh Jesus! I didn't know he was real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. I, 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 I forgot his real name, but yeah, I see him like uh, whenever I'm whenever I go uh, record hunting. Did he really shoot himself in the foot? And shit. What's that? Did he really shoot Did himself shoot in the foot? foot? I don't. <laughs> You know what? I never asked him. I never asked that he shoot off his foot, but he doesn't have a limp, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> probably. probably. And if, if he did, he's had a hell of a PPO. 
but I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. We get stem cells in that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Shutter Bob had insurance like nah. that. No more notes. Edward Norton with a heart on this film is fucking hilarious. But I would have appreciated more if he went full Dirk Diggler and like swung that dong of his on Naomi Watts' ass in the motel scene. That would have been a real commitment to the fucking character. <laughs> he played a Was really good dick? asshole. I don't know. I, actually, I should have Googled that. I don't know. Was that his dick? We'll find out. Let's give that a Google. I'm a, let's take bets. I'm saying it wasn't his dick. I don't think it was his dick. It's, it is hard to keep your dick hard. No, it wasn't his without, dick. Yeah, it was Especially the amount of takes you have to do in a movie. and well, they were, yeah, yeah. They were going and going and going. It's like maintaining. They used to pop the Viagra if that was his dick. You know? That's I commitment. I can't even piss in front of people, let alone like, just keep my yeah, dick hard on pee, set like that. You're pee shy? I could piss in front of anybody. I don't care. I'm not. It takes, me, it takes me a while. Does it? But you know what? I'm 43. It takes me a while to go to pee regardless. Well, yeah. you know what? I was good, and then... Um, I was a bathroom attendant at the gay bar, and this was before they had the dividers. Like they didn't. People, you were we wait, didn't wait. You dividers. can't just you can't just breeze through that. Like that's a normal job. You were a bathroom <laughs> attendant in a gay bar. Yeah, it was actually my the, the going back to. So the girl that got me the job was my girlfriend, and she was a go-go dancer uh, <laughs> upstairs at the gay bar, and she is actually now. A fucking, she is now on Broadway. So there you go. She's now a fucking famous choreographer on Broadway. And she was like, hey, Jude, you need money. They need a fucking bathroom attendant. No gay dudes wanted the fucking job because they, you know, thought they were too good to be bathroom attendants. And fucking no straight dudes wanted the job because uh, they didn't want to get sexually harassed by. Gay man, you definitely saw some shit. It's twelve an hour plus tips, and I was like, I need some money to get the fuck out of Michigan, so I'll fucking do it. Your girlfriend must have been like, you guys are so hard up for money. She goes, I don't care. You have to smell shit for eight hours. God damn it! You go there and you speak a bath. You hand out the condoms to dudes and say, don't get AIDS. Bye. See you later. Want some Starburst? I was gonna say, smelling shit in that bathroom was the last thing that I know. He's gonna be. I mean. You had to clean up some nasty shit in those bathrooms. I mean, did you have to blow the whistle on dudes, pun intended, while they were like fucking in the bathroom or or, or blowing each other? Oh or man, like I had the hustle down. I would I charged I would charge them. I'd be like one person per stall unless they gave me money. Like then they, they'd have to tip me if they wanted to be more than one person in the stall. That's and there wasn't a lot of butt fucking going on. It was mostly blowjobs and fucking uh, and cocaine. What was the most amount of people that were able to fit in the stall at once? It was always just two dudes. It was usually just two dudes in a fucking stall. The worst, like the worst, there was like one time we had to kick this guy out. It was a one-legged guy. (laughs) (laughs) This story's great already. He was was posted up in the back with his dick out, and he wouldn't wouldn't quit wagging his dick at people. So I had to fucking be like, hey, man. By the way, blowjobs and cocaine is a great name for a gay bar. <laughs> yeah, it was actually called Temple because it was in an old church. Of course <laughs> sure it was. They were, in Detroit? Sure, sure the church was stoked about it. It was in Ferndale, Michigan, which is one mile north of eight miles. So it was on nine mile. Wow. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the one like a guy doing the hop of shame out of that bathroom after you, got kicked, after you kicked him out? Right. Not if he was hard enough. <laughs> I know, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> he could use his heart on as a second leg and ambled on out of there. Like a pirate. Oh, my God. He's sitting there jerking his dick, dude. I was like, yo, man, you, you can't be doing that. And he just, like, he pretended like I wasn't talking to him. And I was like, all right, I got to tell on yeah. Well, there's a TV show as you can as, make. As much as I hate snitching, I fucking hate one-legged dudes jerking off in front of me <laughs> even more. So I will even, – I I, even there's a point where I will tell. I'll be like, no. Did he climb it on the top of the stall and wagged his dick at people? Is that what happened? Because if he managed to climb no. with one leg to the top of the stall, that's pretty fucking impressive. No, nah, he was just in the back leaning. Like, it was set up like a hallway. On one side, it was all fucking urinals. On the other side, it was stalls. And then the back the back wall was, was empty. He so was just he was a just prize like at, at the, the end. end of it. <laughs> yeah, he was, at, he was at the end. The proverbial light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> Jesus fucking. And the craziest shit is I don't even know how long he was doing it for. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how long he was in there for or what. I just noticed. I was like, what? Whoa. Because I was, I was tucked around the corner. I hate that when you're doing your job and just suddenly there's a one legged guy wagging his dick at you. It's like, come on. Tail as old as time. Did he at least try? Did he try and pay you off? Like, you might be stand here and just, you know, tug at my cock. Here's a 20. Look the other way. No, nah, that would like I probably would have let that shit slide. You know what I mean? If he would have even had the decency to fucking bribe my ass, uh, but he didn't. Uh, it, he just pretended like I wasn't talking to him. So I was like, "All right, bro, <laughs> come on, hop along. I thought get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hop your ass the fuck out." <laughs> well, he had a one legged that one legged man had an asking contest to go to too, right? <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yeah. He's going to be tired. He needed all his energy. Yeah. God, I hope we find another story organically that you can kind of segue into like that one. That's great. But back back to a couple more notes. The jazz drums, as you touched on before, Jude, they got tedious as fuck for me. The jazz drums throughout the entire film. Could they at least throw in a slide whistle or a bike horn in there once in a while? (laughs) Yeah, that was just more pretense. You know what I mean? Like, I like jazz. I actually collect jazz records and shit. But then there's like the fucking, there's the... There's that fucking the bougie class of people that like will listen to jazz and put like drink Merlot and shit and fucking walk around listening to jazz. I felt like that. I felt like that's what those who those drums were for. Those are for the people who say I have five black friends. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When, I'm down. Yeah, they talk about their. They don't. They African American friends. Yeah. They don't. They don't have black friends. So they have African American yeah. friends. Guys, I'm cool with Tyrone. We high five all the time. Fucking idiots. Yes. We here's a question for you, Kevin Israel, and maybe you too, Jude. How was Michael Keaton able to fucking like use the force to push things around in his dress room that never got addressed? Well, so that's actually was going to be is my my main overriding point for this movie and my main problem with the movie is that it was. It thought so highly of itself that it set up this whole question of does he actually have powers? Is this actually going on? Is it in his head? What's the story here with all he was he was telekinetic and he flew mm-hmm. and he did all this stuff. And it, and at the end of the movie, even at the end of the movie, when he jumps out the window and then Emma Stone looks down and then looks up and smiles like he's flying away. Right. Like what was what the fuck was going on? And the and I so I looked it up. I did some research. And fine, if you're going to make a movie that's ambiguous and up to interpretation, at least have an explanation as a movie writer or director. At least have an explanation that you understand. Sure. So at some point you could be like, this is how I saw it. Nope. In this, he's just like, it's up to whatever you think it is. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So they, sopra- Lazy. they Sopranos this shit yes. or Inceptioned this shit. 100%. Now there, was a, there, now there was a theory 
a pretty popular theory that said he was dead this whole time. No. Yeah. That he no, that, that no, he died. No. He died when he was trying to drown himself. And this whole thing was him seeing himself do what he always wanted to do. He always wanted to be a real actor, but even in doing this, his mind wouldn't let it go perfectly. Then there's another theory that says he really died when he shot himself. In the nose. And then, because when he wakes up, he the reviews are great, and his daughter comes back to him, and his wife is there, and everything's great. And then he jumps out the window, and he's he was dead at the point that he killed himself. And when he wakes up, he's kind of in, like, heaven. Like, because right. everything goes Oh, away. he kills himself? I wish I would have watched to the nah, end. Nah, well, in the end, well, whatever. He he shoots himself, because I think you probably saw the part before you yeah. walked out. Right. Well, he gets a, because Edward Norton says, oh, man, I can see the red, you know, stop thing in the in the toy gun. Go get, a, go get a better gun than that. He gets a real gun, and at the end of that whole scene, in the end, Shoots himself. Like you think he shoots him. He looks like he shoots himself in the fucking head. Yeah. Drops. Curtain hits. Everyone's clapping because they don't know it's a fucking act. And then, or it was for real. Excuse me. Then he wakes up in the hospital and they say, "Oh my god, we got the best best plastic surgeon here because you shot your nose clean off your face." Like what the? And fuck? And he ends up with a nose that looks like Birdman. Right. Like it looks like it's like a hooked thing. Right. And, Are you serious? And you're dude? not. Sh- and by the way, you're yeah. not shooting yourself point blank in the face and just shooting your nose. Off. Yeah. That that's another. That's not how guns, guns work. No. Not that close. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it doesn't. Usually it bounces around in your brain a bit or it'll blow out the side of your shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know anyone that shot their nose off in a suicide attempt, especially when you're going sideways. But I did. I I liked this movie for the the performances and for the I liked the whole idea of Michael Keaton because he was he was really Batman. So it was it was like almost him reliving this well, he, even his, said, he, goes, he goes oh you've played birdman since 92 which was right. when batman returns exactly came out. yeah exactly I, I dug that part so but but my problem with it was that whole ambiguous power stuff that i guess was supposed to be in his head because he's so bought into being birdman and he created this you know the and i liked birdman the narrator right i liked him better than anybody else in the movie i thought he was funny and honest and he was sincere he just wanted money just go be go do it go do what you want to do right motherfucker right. like I liked that I I I liked him I so I I thought that was a that was a cool point in the movie but then when they went into his whole like him pushing the glass or the vase and then turning on the mo- and all and flying it was just all without anything there was no attempt to explain it there was no and I'm not somebody and I get it not every movie is gonna f- hand feed you but. You're right, Kevin, in that they just left this completely hanging. Right. I just figured that that was, like, all in his brain because uh, in the scene, Zach Galifianakis walks in and he's throwing this shit himself. So he's – I figured that he's, like, somewhat fucking psychotic. And then um, having a, he's having a, a breakdown, a mental breakdown. And he, to your point um, – your favorite character is the most honest character in there, and that is Birdman. Right, like, just do it for the fucking money. Like, so like it. There, the the movie I guess was self aware enough to fucking put one honest person in it, uh, Birdman. But did you make it to the scene where they showed Birdman following him down the street? No, I literally made it like 
one hour into the movie, both fucking. Yeah, I guess that was closer to the end. Like, yeah, it was. That's probably like with another twenty minutes left, yeah. maybe half hour. That, yeah, it was. Um, which probably was. I probably should have just made myself watch the whole fucking thing so I could have really shit on it. But like, I fucking. That's how much. That's how much it irritated me. I. I just. I have to hang around these people all the fucking time. It just reminded me of everybody I fucking hate out here. Right, and especially like, good, we're we're in New York too, so we get we're both comics, and we see that with the actors or the improv people, they get that air of, I guess, I, not arrogance, but they just think it, everything is art. Like yeah. I'm art. This it's is a little superior. It's a superiority, the complex. Right, but as we said yeah. before, we shit on them because, bro, we write our own shit. You're reading words that other people wrote right. for you. Like, cut the fucking nonsense out. Yeah, and they're fucking. They gotta. They they're like overcompensating because they want to fucking yell, ran up some <laughs> fucking couple hundred thousand dollars, and they're like auditioning and shit. So they gotta fucking act all smart, use their big college words on me. And I fucking, I'm like, come on, man. There's an easier way to say that. This is just a, a shout out to everybody out there. Dads, have a catch with your sons. That's all this comes out to. <laughs> yeah, have a fucking catch with yeah. your fucking sons. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah, it was a. Uh, th- what were you gonna say? No, uh, no. We we're gonna do our next segment called Five Star Critic Reviews. But oh. you have another point. I want to hear about it. No, uh, it was it was um the 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 thing that was it was kind of funny. The thing that you guys dug about it, I I didn't like about it. Like I just felt like it was so on the nose using um. Like Birdman, Batman, Michael Keaton, like it was like meta. Like yeah. sometimes I, sometimes I feel the the film was just one giant fucking cliche to me. Right. Well, when you get to the uh, user review section, a lot of people are going to agree with you. But let's do the five star critic reviews. I'll read a, a few of them off. All, again, all these films are recent, so it's not it's when they, as if they came out. These are people who watched this film in the last year or two. First one: the reason this scalding industry satire works as well as it does is because it has a grounding in some fairly uncomfortable truths about the movie business, even as the plot indulges in flights, literally of fancy. Birdman is a one-trick pony of a movie, but what a trick. The technical achievement alone is immense. I agree with that. This is a very unique, it interesting was way of shooting this. So Very unique. Despite its lack of clarity. Was, sorry, Jew, go ahead. No, I, I do. Look, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a sucker for those one-shot things, but, like, there's certain, like, Get Shorty, I felt, used one shot, uh, was used, used the one flowing shot much better in a in a way fucking more entertaining way but i'm an elmore leonard fan so there there you go see i Um, hated get shorty but i loved out of sight Hmm. no shit dude yeah i love that love out of sight but get shorty i fucking hated i tried i saw in the theater hated it and watched it again maybe a year or two ago i'm like nope nothing's changed i saw it oh yeah i love it. it yeah i fucking i fuck with get shorty so yeah all right it's 
Did you see the sequel? What was the sequel? I forgot. Was it Be Cool? Was the sequel? Oh, uh, that was with The Rock. Yeah, yeah. The sequel. I didn't. I, I saw it. Yeah. Did you see that one, Jude? Yeah, I didn't like. I didn't like Be yeah, Cool. It, I, it, I didn't like Be Cool. It sucked. I heard. Birdman sidesteps the inside baseball stigma of most film, most behind the scene films, by transcending being a story about fame or Hollywood. Rather, it functions as a sobering meditation on the destructive double-edged sword of validation. Good. He was very. He patted I mean, himself on the back after yeah, this, writing that. This guy jerked off in the yeah. Oxford English Language Dictionary. <laughs> I know words, I mean, yeah, but like that's so obvious. All all actors want. M- most artists just want validation, especially actors. Though, of course, without saying. One star yeah. critic reviews. I did indeed hate Birdman in all kinds of expected ways. As stated above, I also despise it in ways that completely took me by surprise. And yes, this goes beyond the crashing symbols in Antonio Sanchez's earache-inducing score. Wow. And here's a, here's a woman with an agenda. I couldn't get past these depictions of women throughout the film. It made the movie unpleasant and frustrating. Okay. Wow. Oh. Two hours. Me sorry, too. Was that, yeah. Uh, w- w- the women weren't strong enough. Yeah. That 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 that's well. You'll see that in the user reviews. Two hours of Birdman is 110 minutes too many. So there was 10 minutes that would have been worthwhile. Yeah. A tour de force media satire that is scattered in so many different directions that it ends up wearing out its welcome. All right. Cute. I don't. The here the crazy thing is is I don't. I felt like this was made for a very small group of people. The the reviews are kind of the reflect that it's got like a ninety and then the seventy something. Like, like yeah, I, I agree that it was probably Americans. a little bit of inside baseball. I was definitely inside baseball, yeah. and like Jude said, it was but not then, for for people. I think is because it was, it was a love letter for Hollywood, and the critics are going to jerk off all over that. And when John Q. Public says. I don't get it, man. This isn't for me. And these actors feel like, you know, that make me feel like dumb because of the way they talk or maybe another reason. Well, you're not smart enough to get it. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was getting to. They're not smart enough to fucking comprehend this. And that's why they, some people don't like it for one of those reasons, maybe. Some people just said, fuck this. It's all a bunch of nonsense. As Jude said before, no one talks like this. Fuck this film. I'm out of here. Right. Five star Amazon reviews. I am baffled that anyone could give this less than five stars every minute of this movie reeks of genius edward norton and naomi watts are always brilliant so it's not a surprise they are brilliant here but it is also mesmerizing to see what they do Inaratu is so unbelievably unbelievably good how can he write new york theater people so perfectly hmm. <laughs> I don't yo know. he might you know like look maybe he did write everything perfectly and that's why i fucking hate it because i hate them yeah it hit too close so yeah it's, i was that. gonna say it sounds like this really struck like, a chord with you and and the i think the the funny shit too about it is also i don't think i don't think a lot of the fucking actors that actually liked it understood that they were being shit on that's a good point it's kind of like the player I with think, robert altman same thing it's a whole satire in hollywood but you're right i think maybe they don't realize like oh maybe we are or maybe they were able to get past, like, you know what? We are, you know, self-absorbed douche nozzles. And you know what? Fuck it. Ha, ha, ha. Right. We're the winners because you're paying to see us and we're making $20 million a film or whatever. We're douche nozzles, but who do I have to blow to fucking have a fucking monologue that long <laughs> with, with that much punch in it? I need a punchy monologue to tell my dad off. 
<laughs> yeah, guys, listen, could be you, could, you know, not all of us can have the opportunity to work in a in a gay man's uh, nightclub lounge and see a one legged guy whip his dick out. That's the fucking real story I want to see with. That's what I want to see. That as a movie, <laughs> Hollywood's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I again, that'd be one of the greatest. FXs. F- or FXX, actually. Yeah, there we go. We're not doing Simpsons marathons, which are great. One more, <laughs> one more five-star review before we get to my favorite, the open mic section. This, this one's great. Most movies are made simply for money these days. Parentheses. Boom, pop, slash, vroom, wink, wink. Stupid 15-year-old humor, etc. I put signed, someone who does not understand how business works. Yes, movies are made for money, you dumb fucking asshole. No, they're made for art. Yeah, for, there you go. Here comes the art argument again. Yeah, fucking idiot. I wouldn't even say it's good art, though. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was like shitty, predictable art. Like, this is... I I used to go to fucking, like... This is for people that fucking donate money to, like, NPR. <laughs> this is what this. This is who this movie's made for. You mean they all have a Terry Gross handbag that they bought for fifty five dollars for a donation to NPR? Yes, yeah, <laughs> this, that's that. That is precisely who this shit is for. You know, it's funny. Kevin said, before, I, "I I do like this film. I like it, and this is the rare time I'm going to go against what I'm saying. This film, I think." is for people who want to seem smarter than they are by saying they like it, but I like it, but I'm not trying to seem smarter than I am. But you're by a douchebag. So I am a douchebag. I so have not ever said I was not. I feel like it, fall, it falls in line. <laughs> I like it. Do I, listen, it does not pass the remote test. I will not be watching this film again for a long, long no, time. No, I haven't thought of this movie until you said right. Jude is doing Birdman. Right. Yeah, me neither. I, I see it on cable and go, nah, what else is on? Shawshank? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Jedi? Done. Matrix? All in, baby. Jude, this is our favorite section, the Amazon one-star reviews. People write in and give their review on the film. And these are some fucking doozies. Number one, had no idea what the heck what this was a movie was about, and it lost me. And it lost me. Maybe I have Asperger's, A-S-S-B-U-R-G-E-R-S. It's on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> it's a number two at McDonald's. <laughs> or, I <Yeah>. am st- <laughs> or I am stupid, but this movie went over my head. So there's somebody. By the guess- way, somebody with Asperger's would probably understand this movie. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. I was shocked. It's a disgusting film, swearing and very rude in places, embarrassing to watch with the family. (laughs) Wait, wait. Embarrassing to watch with the family. Again, not a film. They're like, hey, kids, grab some popcorn and some Coke. We're going to watch this. I fast forwarded the disc, ejected it. And threw it into the rubbish bin. Please the don't rubbish. Please don't waste your money on this co- because of the cover. And I said, well, but first of all, she didn't throw this in the in the rubbish bin. Um, that is for sure. Someone fell for the don't judge a DVD by its cover. Who bought this from a Korean lady in a barber shop? That's what I think. <laughs> They're talking about his penis. <laughs> She'd like that one. This woman definitely has a top fan badge on Facebook from a Golden Corral. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, yeah, you are. Yep, yeah, you are spot on with that. That was that was like a conservative redneck somewhere in a flyover state. Gar- uh, garbage. <laughs> Speaking of garbage, I have no idea how this film or play won an award. Hint, it wasn't a play, stupid lady. Entirely too much foul, F-O-W-L language. Yeah, thank you. Here's another one. Wow, these these one-star reviews are making this film sound 
way better than it is. (laughs) (laughs) I should have known when I saw Zach Galifianakis show up that I wouldn't be able to take any part of this movie seriously. I agree with this person on a lot of times with that Zach Galifianakis line, by the way. Then again, if you like asymmetric Melba Toast crap like Grand Budapest Hotel, you'll probably love this movie. Uh, And this is someone who tried squeezing a word in who learned that from a geometry class back in 10th grade. <laughs> but I agree. Grand Poop, Grand, I just I hate Wes Anderson. I won't watch yeah, that I'm not shit. A bit, I can't get into him. Last one. This guy I was like, my... I go like ahead, Jude. Sorry. I his movies, and they're all the same. It's like, just pick one, and then you can like that, and then he just makes the same movie over and over again. He did... Did he do... Was Wes it election? Luxury, did he do Rushmore or election, or both? He did Rushmore. It's always... It's like... The good soundtracks, the quirky fucking set design, it's the fucking, it's like the 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 lead character has hubris and he's got a wacky sidekick that does his bidding. It's like it's the same fucking movie <laughs> over and over and over again. And his parents are pot smoking hippies. Got it. Done. I last one. This is my favorite one. I remember as a kid looking forward to going to the movies with my parents. Nary a cuss word or sex scene to make me cringe. Now, fifty years later, Hollywood turns out smut like this movie, and on top of that, gives it its highest rating with an Academy Award, which makes you want to crawl in a deep hole and take my family with it. Yeah, it's kind of like the king has no clothes on. The twenty thousand pound elephant is right there, but no one wants to look at it. It's time to wake up, America. Signed, Doomsday Prepper, who bought their non-perishable food from Alex Jones. <laughs> Straight up. Yo, the fucking, the bad reviews actually make me want to go watch the fucking movie. Like, the bad reviews are, uh, to we me, should let Amazon better, know about that. were better reviews for the movie than the good reviews. <laughs> Nary a time to these one-star reviews disappoint. We're Throw it in the this. rubbish bin. <laughs> Throw it. And it wasn't even that fucking, they just cussed a lot. It wasn't even like, it was just a bunch of theater people walking people around talk. fucking blathering on about nothing. You know, it's funny, you guys, because we're, 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 I mean, we're Jersey, New York guys. You're, you're in Detroit. Like, the word, when people say fuck, it, it doesn't really register with us unless you say it like 20 times in like 30 seconds. But maybe yeah. someone from the Midwest yeah. or South, you say fuck once or twice and it's, Clutching the pearls and turning a gas and well, golly, yeah, Kevin well, Israel. I never. Jude Angelina did a great job of gutting the sacred cow. Kevin Israel, did he convince you that Birdman is a piece of shit? Uh, no, he uh, he he made some very good points, um, but I I still I, I like like I said I like this movie. I didn't love it. This probably wasn't a movie that I would ever have watched again, but for Jude picking it. Um, I you know I it it's it's to quote. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kevin Goatee, it's fine. What would is you give an Oscar? A... Is the best picture fine? No, no, not for me. no like I not said, either. Whiplash. No, 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 no. Whiplash destroys this fucking film. Not even. Close. It definitely was a best picture fine, but it was. I mean, it was. I I I would give it a six. I was just gonna say, what's your number? And I would say six, maybe six and a half. Yeah. Again, I didn't hate my time rewatching it. No, but I didn't feel like I needed to rewatch it. Yeah, I was like, okay, Jude wants to watch this. Cool. I didn't hate it. Let's see how it holds up. It's fine. It's fine. And look, I th- and I'll even say this. When I was watching it the second time around, I was less annoyed by it than the first time around. But I still could see the things that annoyed the fuck out of me about it. So I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm pot committed. We're going to have to go with this motherfucker. But 
I feel like the accolades it got compared to the movie it is, it it needed to get knocked down a, a little bit. Let me just take a piss on it just so a you, little. You pissed all over yeah, the Yeah, I agree. Would you, so the million, me dollar, one, the million one, dollar question me, is, will you watch it again just to see how it, uh, how it ends up? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> like... It already it's already robbed me of two hours of my life and I'm never that I'll never get back. So uh, I'm not going to uh, he he dies at the end. That's good enough for me. Well, it's actually it's up in the air. If he dies, it's it could be a dream. No, exactly. He's, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. He's dead as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Oh, that's fucking great. Well, listen, Jude Angelini, thank you so much for coming on. You did a hell of a job. We appreciate it. Where can the folk find you? What are you up to next? You uh, you can check out my radio show and shit on that. At, uh, <laughs> it's the All Out Show. And um, check out my one-star reviews for my books, Hummingbird and Hyena. My favorite one-star review about Hummingbird. Hummingbird's a true stories about my drug addiction and depression. And, uh, and one lady was like book was disgusting it wasn't even about hummingbirds <laughs> <laughs> she wanted a book about fucking nature and shit you're to open your soul god people are fucking dumb oh that's funny hey, i gotta get a couple, a couple copy of your books man I'll, I'll, I'll get those off amazon and check them out then Sounds yeah good. you guys can listen uh, you can listen to the books for free on you on youtube i'm yeah. reading them shits there even you better. go do you read your, do you read your own book yeah it's me reading them oh that's fucking oh good. that's awesome I'd rather hear it in your voice yeah. than some posh British asshole. One day, yeah. I was shooting up heroin outside of a 7-Eleven. Yeah. And then the man pulled out his penis <laughs> in the in the bathroom, and he I, started waving it around and uh, limping. I told this one-legged man, goodbye, good riddance. Put your cock away, oh, man. Be gone, one-legged man, <laughs> with your seven-inch penis. <laughs> Decent dick. size, right? A good dick. Good, for good him. hang on him, huh? Good for him. Mingya. Yeah. Jude, yeah. I got to tell you, I had such a fun time on your show doing Shade 45. I got a lot of love from your fans except one guy. Well, of course, there's always one, right? One guy goes, man, who's this corny motherfucker think he is? He ain't funny at all. I go, yeah, he's a piece of shit. And he gave me the heart emoji next to that on Instagram. So I, I guess I want him back. <laughs> he, he didn't even realize that. That's that's what that's um, unfortunately with a lot of my listeners. They love to fucking get on Instagram and just if it makes you feel better, they they've shit on my mom. So oh, they, uh, there Jesus. you go. Like, no, 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 no. I got listen. Do I, I listen? I, I know you got a shade forty five. And those guys don't fuck around. I got a lot of like followers and likes like oh man you're good and you're funny or people were hitting up about comics watching comics and they're like oh it's a good show the world is right yeah, i again. get it too every time i go on someone's shit they're like yo someone telling me he's not black i'm like okay yeah <laughs> all right check let, let me look down yep still not black yep. let me look at my credit score yep not black <laughs> <laughs> kevin israel wow where can we find you uh kevin com. kevin israel underscore nj on twitter and my album, The Struggle is Real, on iTunes and everywhere else. You can get that kind of stuff. Kevin Goatee, K-E-V-I-N-G-O-T-E-E.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Don't forget, please continue to share the word about gutting the sacred cow. Yes, we are still accepting sponsors. Yes, if you have any questions, look, hit us up on the Facebook page. Kevin and I, 
interact. We we're do. Friendly. We, we're we've friendly. answered every we're question. Friendly. Every question we answer, polls, anything at all. Listen, we're here to help you guys. Any suggestions? We'll take suggestions. Yeah. What do you like? What don't you like? Yeah, right? Would you want us to make a t-shirt up? Would you buy it? More importantly, how about that? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, right. Merch. Merch. We have stickers now. I tell you what. Here's a, here's one. For, for If you share this episode with 10 people, we'll get you a Gutting the Sacred Cow sticker. Sticker. Yeah, man. And you could be the coolest kid on the block. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, thank you so much for listening to Gutting the Sacred Cow. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Take care. The fight card game is a simple game of chance. Pick a card, and you are ready to cheer for your fighter and how they can win. It's a must-have for fight fans, but also for those who get invited to a combat sports viewing event. Pick a card and be invested in the bout. It's simple. Great for all combat sports like MMA, boxing, UFC, Bellator, or jiu-jitsu matches. Other sports have seasons, but combat sports are all year long, so you'll get plenty of use. Host your own fight night party or be the hit at a friend's party by bringing the cards along. Learn more about the cards at thefightcardgame.com or go directly to amazon.com and purchase a set for $12.99. That's thefightcardgame.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.